0: Today is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today, I love Jesus because... Listen for the answer. Quickly, we touch on McCarthy being out, a little politics. Then we talk about some topics on the road less traveled. So uh, it is a good talk today, a good good place to take a divergence from the typical conversations we have over and over and over. So today we talk about... uh, Atheist worship leaders. Is there ever a circumstance where a church should allow uh, a non-believer to jump up on stage and you know play guitar or piano or anything like that? Um, the knee-jerk reaction is no, of course not. That's what everyone's thinking right now. But is there ever a time for any reason? So, uh, or should we just shut off the lights and you know sing acapella? We talk about that. Then we get into uh, Christians and drinking alcohol. We hear from someone who is like dead set against it. If there's a name of alcohol in the name of a restaurant, they won't go to that restaurant. Versus the other end, where this dude has, uh, you know, alcoholic Bible studies. So we have a wide, diverse uh, opinion group. Uh, Anyway, so we talk about that, and then we end up talking about the difference in conservative and uh, orthodox Judaism compared to conservative, foundational, and uh, progressive Christianity, and what are their counterparts. So we talk about that for a little bit. And conservative does not always mean conservative. Um, it's it's what is it in relation to. Um, anyway, so we talk about that. And you hear my dog barking in the background. Wow, puppy needs to go for a walk. All right. Take care. Share these links. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast. There's also doggy shirts. Get your little put- puppy saved. Um, and you can also check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. So take care. Have an awesome Wednesday. And we will see you next time. Yvette says, do both of us. You first. Um, For you two, so I can get to know you all better. What's the reason you love Jesus? So fill in the blank. The reason I love Jesus is because? Go. CEO. The reason you love Jesus is because? Oh, great. Just in time for your phone to chop out. The reason I love Jesus, Yvette, is because I read the Bible and believe the Bible. So believing the story in the Bible that's true, that Jesus is God who created everything, that's a pretty good reason right there. Like, I am a creation. He is our creator. And without him creating me, there wouldn't be me. So he is a life giver. That's a pretty good reason. Um, In addition to that, you know, his death, burial, resurrection, his sacrifice for me, Uh, sure. I didn't ask for it. I wouldn't have known to ask for it, but he did it. And now that I have the benefit of, of knowing the history and knowing what happened, I'm very glad he did that for me. So, um, there's, there's no, I think a better question be like, bro, why do you hate Jesus? Um, (laughs) not you, but the people that say that it's like, you you know, love is the obvious answer. It's like someone does something amazing for you. Um, yeah, you're going to be like incredibly grateful and loving towards that person. And I'm just going to say, uh, CEO is probably going to say something similar if he can ever speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll just add to it. and I think he just set such a good example and the teachings have helped me become a much better person and strive for more. So those are my reasons, in addition to what you said about salvation and the sacrifice he made. Because
0: without the addition of the sacrifice and salvation, that would have been a Joel Osteen answer. <laughs> you know, right, he just, exactly. he just, he I, he I just teaches sure us how that. to... He just teaches us how to be a good person and, you know, just do good stuff and help little ladies cross the road. Um, So, yeah, with the addition of the whole saving you from the pit of hell type thing. uh, Yes, it's very, very good. So a different topic real quick. Um, Are you familiar
1: with uh, Kevin McCarthy mocking the uh, Christian in Congress yesterday
0: right before that vote? Wow. No, I, I, you know, yesterday I, I've been like, so out of the the little like news loop for the last couple of days. Um, all I saw last night was memes that like Kevin, uh, Kevin got fired, <laughs> got ousted. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh, did it happen? Did it happen? Cause I know there was talk from Gates about it. And then I, I saw last night, it was just like breaking news. The first time the speaker has been ousted in his own party. I'm like, whoa. So, yeah, I'm I'm woefully unaware. So, okay, set the stage for someone um, who's had their head in the sand. So, there was a Christian who said something, and McCarthy
1: mocked him. Well, so so first, I'll say I was overall upset about him getting ousted, but I do see the irony in it in terms of from a biblical Mm -hmm. perspective, because there was a congressman from Texas that told, I mean, from Tennessee, who told him, you know, uh, Kevin, I've got to pray about this vote, right? And then Kevin McCarthy called him the next morning and mockingly said, did God answer your prayers? And so the guy goes, yeah, I'm going to vote against you.
0: (laughs) So he brought
1: that upon himself by mocking the man's faith.
0: Wow. So, so how do we, do we have, do we have context? Do we have a video or call like of just how he said it It was like, so did uh, God answer your prayers? Are you ready to vote? It was like, so did God answer your prayers? Like, yeah, the
1: congressman said it.
0: Yeah. The congressman said he was mocking him. Yes. Dang, you know, I'm very glad he got out. Just, I mean, just because you know, they had a deal. Like, you know, he he campaigned like a, a crazy person to get that job, and it, it, even if you don't know the history of the people for or against him or anything like that, the point is the reason he's in that job is because he made multiple promises, and it's been eight months, and he didn't do it. So it's like, well, look, this is a business transaction. You made an agreement. You did not uphold your end of the agreement. Therefore, you are out. That's what everyone agreed to. So you didn't fulfill your end. So it's only right that you are out. I mean, you could have prevented being out. You could have held up your end of the bargain. But you didn't. The the thing I'm most mad at is it took like nine months for this to happen. Like, you know, I'd give someone like a month max to start keeping their end of the bargain. And if they don't, I'd be like, okay, I held up my end. I put you in office. You are not keeping your promises. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm more mad that it took almost a year. Um, yeah, I mean, even if, for no other reason, then he made an agreement, and he did not fulfill it.
1: Well, that that's what he kind of ended up getting
0: in trouble for on both
1: sides. So the Democrats could have saved him by voting present, but they also felt like he broke promises as well. So yeah, he got broken promises arguments on both sides.
0: Yeah, I guess don't don't be a double dealer. I think there's some stuff in Proverbs that says a lot about things that would apply here. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a verse about not being double-minded, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like a ship tossed uh, across the waves and whatever. Hello, Charles and Jeremy. It's been a while. Hope you're doing well. So what do you do on a day-to-day CEO? Do you just drive around from client to client, or do you have an office that you go work in, or...
1: Oh, when when I when I jump in this room, I'm, um, I've dropped off my kid and I'm headed to the office, and then I'm in my office most of the day, just working on different projects for clients. I, I travel a lot to New York once every two weeks, typically, um, and I travel a little bit around the country, but not as much as I used to because Zoom has made it so we haven't had to travel as
0: much. <laughs> was everything smoky where you are yesterday because like it was like super hazy it was like living in a cloud and they said it was from canadian wildfires we're in florida so i'm like well i also maybe because i didn't i haven't been paying much attention to the news the last couple days for i guess reasons i've just been busy um but i would think you would you would have thought if florida is this bad like the whole east coast would be this bad but is that not the case that it like it's terrible over you it's terrible
1: today yeah
0: Well, it's actually cooled out a little bit today, so (laughs) down here. Are you a musician by any chance? Does anyone play any instruments around here? No? Wonderful. Okay. I have been trying to find drumsticks, and people act like I'm talking another language. So I hate wooden drumsticks. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Because I I do lots of, like... um, you know, lots of stuff on like the cymbals and the hi hats where I'm, you know, doing like 16s and like 32nd beats and stuff. So, um, I, I just shred wooden drumsticks. Like I'll, I'll turn them into like, it's like putting them in a, a wood chipper. Um, they don't last. They get splinters everywhere. I play barefoot most of the time. And, uh, I, I, just hate stepping on wooden splinters and stuff. So, um, anyway, back in middle school, when I first started playing drums, they had graphite drumsticks and I loved those things. They were great. Um, they didn't chip. They would kind of dent, but they wouldn't chip. They wouldn't shred. Nothing like that it was graphite anyway. So like two years ago, I found this pair of drumsticks and they weren't graphite, but they were some sort of like graphite mix or composite with it in it. And I haven't, and they were hard to find, but I've been using these things for like two years and they still work. I still use them, but I would just like to have another pair because I can see their end is probably going to be coming sooner than later. So I type in graphite drumsticks there is like nothing so I don't know if it's been like like lead paint where like graphite's toxic now don't use it and I just like missed the memo um but I call all these drum shops I call these like supposedly pro drummer people I'm like guys am I typing the wrong thing is there a new composite material like I cannot find anything besides like wooden drumsticks or there's like some really expensive like $30 drumsticks that have like aluminum cores and like some kind of plastic like sheath around it and I'm like, man, I, I don't know about that. I'm just comfortable with like, you know, the graphite composite stuff. And there's this company called Aquarian that makes drumheads, but they also make or did make drumsticks. And I think that's what I have. Like I, I've had them so long that any branding is like scrubbed off by now. So I can't tell, but they look like these mythical Aquarian drumsticks that I can find pictures of, but then I go to try to buy and it's like out of stock, out of stock, back ordered, back ordered. And it, it's like searching for a unicorn. So anyway, that's that's my current plight. Oh, and Sam, you, you were to. just talking. Wait, Sam says uh, I've seen something that have replaceable sleeves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like they have an aluminum core and then like replaceable sleeves. But I'm like, man, that sounds too mechanical. Like, I, I don't want multiple parts of a drumstick. Like, maybe if I tried them, I'll love them, but they're like 30 something dollars I'm like, dude, I'm used to paying like 12 for expensive drumsticks. So I, I don't know. Maybe I should bite the bullet and give it a shot. But uh, anyways, <laughs> what, see CEO?
1: Oh yeah, I was just trying to figure out our baby. Only drumsticks you could get. I'm sure you got plenty of options, right?
0: Plenty of wooden options.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay, I understand. That. I, I, I was also going to say my my last real music experience was I actually DJed at a top 40 station
0: right out of high school for a year. I was uh, oh. my, my name was DJ Corrupt. <laughs> what uh, top 40? Uh, why didn't you grow in that industry? Did you not like it or?
1: Um, I went to, so when I went to undergrad, the uh, university did not have a good radio station and my mass comm department sucked and I just decided to go into psychology and then added political science as a major
0: later. What kind of science is political science? Which is like faux science at best. Like what's the science part of that? Because so much of it seems subjective and like.
1: I agree. I mean, yeah, it's a very good point. Um, I guess if you can, you could try to study patterns of behavior. So maybe there's something there. And I do remember, but the one thing I remember learning a specific lesson was budget reflects priorities. And that always stuck with me in life in terms of thinking about how to read people, because no matter what someone says, how they spend their money is the biggest indicator of who they are. And that's on an organizational or a personal level.
0: That's a good point. Hey, Jamesy, good morning. Yeah, like, you know, you're kind of like put your money where your mouth is or, you know, your uh, home is where the heart is. Like one of those things, except for politics and pork and budgets.
1: Yeah, I've I've added time to that metric, but so basically I think how you spend your time and how you spend your money is 90% of who you are.
0: Hmm. Jamesy, are you a musician of any type? you have the hair and beard for it, right? <laughs> hey, V, good morning. I hope you're bringing some topics, because we are scrambling. You can hear about my failed drum career.
2: You were a drummer? Uh, What? D- did you say you were a drummer? Uh, Yeah. Oh, interesting. For a rock band?
0: Nate was a drummer. I was a DJ. (laughs) No, I, uh, yeah, I never, yeah, let's talk about my issues. I've never, um, (laughs) really played out. Like the most I played is for like churches and stuff. Like, you know, ever since I was like a teenager. So I, I, I mean, I play, I play decently. It's like, you know, Jack of all trades, Jack of all master of none. Um, so, I mean, I play drums, bass, guitar, electric, acoustic guitar, keyboard, uh, you, you know, like, the main instruments. So, I mean, I, I play them all to, like, get by, but I'm not, like, an expert at any of them. Um, well, well, drums drums and bass, I'm, I'm best at. But, you know, someone wants me to do, like, lead riffs on a guitar or, like, you know, do some shredding or something like that. I'm like, nope, that's not what I do. Like, that, that took too much time and effort, and I just stopped. So I wanted to, I, I guess I wanted to, the ability to be able to moderately play everything well, but didn't want to dedicate the time and devotion to master any of it. And as a result, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't play out. I don't play live really, except in church. And it's just a hobby. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've done like studio stuff like for myself, but yeah, I also get weird out. Like, um, you know, if I know what I'm doing, and, like the, the people are in sync, like, you know, I've had lots of almost bands before, um, but then something always happens. Like they don't want to play enough. Or if, if there's like a formed band, I'll come in as like the new guy. And they just like expect me to automatically like know everything they're doing. And I'm like, well, guys, I mean, you know, takes a little bit of practice, right? Like practice makes perfect. And they're like, Oh, you just got to keep up. Just got to keep up. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like you'll get the hang of it. I'm like, no, I don't want to be like in the middle of playing a song and, and rely on trying to get the hang of it. Like I need to know exactly what you're planning. I need to know exactly what we're doing. And you know, like what, what's the plan? What's the goal? Like if someone hits a bad chord, um, you know, how do you recover? Like I want to know these things in my head. So I have confidence when I'm out there in front of people. And anyways, so, um, that never happened. And as a result, I'm like, no, man, (laughs) like I want to be prepared. And if I don't feel like I'm prepared, something's going to go wrong. I'm just going to like take off running out the back door. Um, And I guess that's a me thing.
1: Have they tried to hire you for the atheist temples?
0: (laughs) No, but I, I mean, I hear like the atheist, uh, atheist mega churches, um, do lots of like Grateful Dead and like, you know, classic rock. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I I could I could do that. Hire me atheist megachurches. I mean, there may be some Jesus in my drumming if that doesn't weird you out. But <laughs> what's up, Jamesy?
3: What do you think about atheists working on worship teams? Like, does that give you the ick? Uh,
0: well, Yeah. Uh, not that they can't do a good or better job than, you know, a Christian or whatever religion we're talking about. But I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, you, you like the whole point is the God you believe in is why you're there. Like, I mean, it's why you should be there. So, you know, the primary reason should not be to get a paycheck or to hone your music skills. If you want to do that, go play in a dive bar. Like, that, that's a perfect place. Go set up in a Walmart parking lot. Like, if you if you just want to, like, play music, go do that. So it's like, you know, in, in a church for Christianity, it's like, well, you know, we all we all believe in a God. That's why people bother to build this building and come to church, um, you know, to to have worship services for this God we believe in. So, I mean, that's like a very minimal requirement. Um, it's not like you need to be the most holy person there to get up and sing or play music. But you should at least have a general, uh, you know, have a general homogeny with the whole reason the building is there. Right. So it's like there may be even people more like holy than like the assistant pastor or something like that. Um you know, like some 80 year old elder, that's like a retired pastor or something. So it's not like a competition of who's more saved to be in the position, but it's like, there should be some baselines, right? Like you, you all should at least believe in the God that the church was built to. So for me, that, that would be it. And it's not like, you know, who's better or who's worse, but it's like, well, if you don't believe any of this stuff, then why, why would you want to be here? And then if we go back to, well, I'd like to practice my vocal lessons. Great. Why wouldn't you do that anywhere else?
3: I I think it could be more mundane than that somebody could just have a real passion for music, they could not be averse to the faith, they could think the faith is a good thing, they're just not necessarily a member, and they want their music to have like a profound impact on someone's life. And if that's the biggest crowd that they can gather and have the most profound impact on I think, like, maybe they would be really drawn to being a part of that experience
0: you know I, i'd say the most i could go down that road and that's an interesting point like uh if there is like a church who who um like needs a guitarist um and they just don't have anyone who is a believer that goes to that church that can play guitar um that that's like the the most favorable condition for your scenario and i'd actually like to get a lot of christian opinions on that like i mean i think the easy answer is no of course not have no music uh listen to a cd like listen to anything before you have that. But on the other hand, it's like, well, can, you know, God can use anything for good. So I I think the answer I would say is subjectively on a case-by-case basis, prayerfully consider um, that situation. Because I mean, I I think there would be some evidence that, you know, perhaps even if this person is not a Christian, um, maybe that's what makes them become a Christian. Who knows? Like maybe if you're like, hey man, I know you're not a Christian. I know you don't believe this stuff. I also know you don't hate us either. Um, So, you know, could you uh, just do some like piano backing, uh, you know, just while while the preacher talks a little bit and maybe they'll be like, oh sure, I'd like to play piano. And maybe they'll, I don't know, hear the words of the preacher and be like, holy crap, this is my time. I do believe in Jesus. So, I mean, I I think there could be some good things to it. So somewhere between absolutely no, (laughs) and maybe it's their day to get saved. So I was not helpful at all, but that's what I think. <clears throat> uh, James, James, you want to follow up real fast before Brandon says uh, just turn off the lights and have no music at all?
3: <laughs> sure. And, and, and then I'll probably uh, move myself back to the audience. But in the in the Hillsong documentary, there's this story of a, a couple that's on the worship team, and they confide in another member of the, of the staff that they had premarital sex. They get kicked off the worship team for like six months. They end up getting married and like later they realize like they probably shouldn't have, but um, like, I kind of think like the church is kind of allowed to make those rules and implement them like as they see fit. Like, I don't, I don't really see a problem with that, but like ethically encouraging people to get married that, and it may not have been explicitly like their goal, but it's kind of what happened, right? Like, Encouraging people to get married that probably don't belong married is like a flaw.
0: Kind of like a shotgun wedding type thing, like back in the day. How it's like, oh, you hooked up with my daughter? well, you just married her. Come over here. Well, like,
3: yeah, young people have (laughs) sex drives. So, like, if you're saying, like, yeah, you can have sex, you just have to get married first. You're kind of encouraging people to get married to people that they might not actually be good for.
0: Well, that's true if you look at it that way, but, but, you know, there's a middle, gr- or, you know, the middle ground you're saying is just have sex, even if you don't want to get married to him. But then, you know, there's, there's two extreme sides. One is, well, get married if you want to do it, um, which I agree could be very bad. Like may- maybe they shouldn't be together. But the other one is, hey, sex hound, just stop it. <laughs> just wait a little longer for someone you actually want to be with and then get married. I mean, you know, we've got like monks who have, who have been celibate their entire, like, you know, hundred years on planet earth. Um, you know, a a teenager could probably make it a couple years. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I, I I mean how many, you know, it's like what you actually think versus what you actually do. Like I did not follow the advice I'm giving now. Um, you know, thank God I didn't get myself in some kind of kind of messed up mess. Um, so, you know, there's what we think we should do. And then there's what we actually do. Um, you know, so by the grace of God, here I am, but, you know, I'm not going to tell someone else to to do what I did. I was not a great teenager, <laughs> um, but looking back, I wish I would have been a better teenager in that regard. Uh, so yeah, uh, Brandon, um, your answer is just no music. <clears throat> Shut yeah. down the church.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, you know I got I got opinions on music and fornication and all of that, but uh, I guess I just hit on the music, but. Uh, I would say, uh, it's, it, interestingly enough, uh, I would say no, double double no, triple ten no. Uh, and, and again, I, I, I admire people with skill sets. Uh, if there's an atheist contractor that fixed light bulbs, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to hiring him for, you know, work that needed to be done. Uh, if there was an atheist that fixed uh, pipes in a building, uh, who did ethical work, I wouldn't discriminate on those bases. But when it comes to worship or, or something that deals with that, I mean, part of the prerequisite, I I, I don't need you lying, uh, because the prerequisite of the platform is that you believe what the church teaches, uh, which I guess to me is kind of like if you let them get up there and sing or, or play and they don't believe or what, what you, your church teaches— to me, that's all one and the self same. Uh, you might as well. Why not let him just get up there and preach? Because maybe him getting up there and <laughs> preach, or let him. Uh, maybe while he's preaching a gospel he doesn't believe, will will convert him. To me, that's just that. That, that I don't know. I just I, I I will walk right out the door. If not, try to set the church on fire while I'm leaving. Uh, that, that is, uh, that, that's, that's, I'm, I'm actually surprised Hillsong had that much integrity to sit down for (laughs) music people. I'm shocked they had that much integrity, to be
0: honest. Well, and, and, Brandon, so I am of your mind. The only thing that I thought, I guess, in the interest of never saying never, because it really goes against, you know, what, what kind of my position, my knee-jerk position is, which is yours which is no, just have no music. Like if you're short a guitarist, uh, rather than have have a non-believer be a guitarist just to fill in, uh, no, just have no guitarist. Like that's what I I feel like the right answer is. But just in that one-off case, I don't know. I I mean, I guess I would really have to think somehow that, I I don't know, I was like convicted. Like, yeah, you let this like atheist guitarist show up and dude's walking out with a relationship with Jesus. Like I, I guess somehow I'd have to like super, super feel convicted that way to to do that so i mean my my only hedge is in the interest of never saying never because i mean i guess it could happen um
4: well I, so, I would yeah say, I, I, and i guess in, in, maybe it's just the old-fashioned southern holiness preacher in me but i guess if if god is really at work in my church the same god that's able to save somebody in the pew
0: can make someone play a guitar
4: the, well you know <laughs> yeah he could uh he he. I, I just I just really believe that uh, he because what if you put on the platform, you empower. And if I put on the platform because uh, one, you can't hold, hold them to hold him to a standard of uh, morality. And that's what you put before the people to live. Uh, and what you're going to say when you catch him out there at a satanic conference or whatever it is atheists do. You can't say anything because, one, he didn't lie about where he was. He was ethical, so the fault would be on the church uh, for letting him up there. But then, two, I would say I would have patience that the Holy Ghost will work on him before, and I'm not going to rush God. I'm going to let God work on him before we put him up there because the only thing we're doing is making him a danger to himself and others.
0: Chris, did you hear enough of this to uh, weigh in? If you were making decisions or giving advice— is there any circumstance? And I mean, we're looking for extreme scenarios, right? Like if there is ever one circumstance, because the the obvious Christian answer is no, of course not. So, I mean, is there ever under any situation a time when you would have a, not necessarily worship leader, but somebody doing music something like a drummer, like <laughs> Bobby, <laughs> but like a, a drummer or bass player or guitarist or someone who, who is not a believer in your church who's like an atheist. And just be like, hey, man, we need a pianist this week. Could you, come, could you come fill in for some reason? Is there ever a circumstance like you feel like God is going to, like, you know, drag them with holy chains to Christ at the altar service? Or no, that will never happen if they're not a believer. Sorry. No piano for you. After that setup, Chris, I don't want to say I'm mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm going to say Chris is probably going to say no.
1: I I just wanted to share with Brandon, like, uh, you know, if we're just really candid about it in terms of the black church, I would I don't have statistical evidence of this. But I would gather most black churches in America have had like that gay member of the choir team and just kind of overlooked it because black. Talented.
4: Well, I, I know what he's referring to. We, we, um, that 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 is I, I know exactly what he's referring to um, tell the rest of us well there there's especially issues with some of our more musically inclined churches uh there always have seemed to be the stereotype with the um the, the gay music guy um always seems more musically inclined but well you know and and i and I get that to be a problem but I grew up in holiness so um and of course not saying we didn't have people who these situations but were under
0: the radar. Yeah.
4: Like they, if they were doing something, they, they had enough, they had enough decency to try to sneak, sneak around. Uh, it wasn't that, they, they didn't want to be flamboyantly open. So, you know, growing up in Pentecost, uh, you know, it wasn't, we, we didn't encourage sisters to be out, out in the front. It was something, uh, it was preached enough against that. People were ashamed of that kind of behavior. Now, when well, you go down the street to the first false church of uh mobile, uh, no, no telling what you would say. Did
0: you say first false church of mobile?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> they, they what did everything. Denom- what, what denomination do you have in mind, or what, what denomination is the first false church of mobile?
4: Well, yeah, uh, well, I well, in the
0: south, Presbyterian, isn't it?
4: Just say Presbyterian. <laughs> well, if, if you could find one, I mean, they're not very, they're, you don't find too many of them down here, uh.
0: False churches or Presbyterians?
4: Well, Presbyterian churches—they're not that many, not too plentiful. But down here, like a lot of the tension is like with the Baptists and the the Pentecostal Holiness people, because uh, like a lot of the if if you wanted to kind of do whatever you wanted to do and kind of the preachers kind of let the people run kind of free, the Baptist churches down here kind of let their people go to the clubs and sing in the choir on Sunday and a lot of that kind of mess go on down here. And really? The
0: Baptists go to the clubs and stuff. Like, man, the the Baptists. And people the Black Baptist are,
4: churches down here.
0: Uh, like the, the Baptist people here, I know, are like really strict. Like, man, I, I down here. Had, I actually had lunch with Pastor Mark yesterday, and he said they uh, like moved a church meeting because they wanted to go to a restaurant that had the name uh, had an alcoholic name in it, like a rum or tequila or something like that. And uh, just the name of the restaurant, and they're like, "Well, we don't want to give appearance of anything bad, so we're just going to move the meeting." I'm like. Wait, you wouldn't go to a restaurant because the name had alcohol in it? He's like, yes. I'm like, See, that's how that's, huh.
4: how that's how our church, that's how the Pentecostal churches are
0: down here. But Wait, like, so if there's was like a, if there like a, a, a rum and fish shack, and that was the name of it, are you saying you wouldn't wouldn't go there no. because just the name?
4: If I could avoid it with all things, I would try. Like I've been in situations out of town, like on business trips, where I'm not driving, and of course I was forced. Mm-hmm. Uh could, but. If I have the power, I would avoid it for the appearance of evil. Uh, but that's 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 how the Pentecostal churches are down here. Uh and I understand things can change from region to region, but down here, like growing up, the Baptists were like the devil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like it was I mean, and don't get there there I, as I kind of met people growing up, I did meet some people like man, these folks these Baptists are really devout godly people. But uh, there was a lot of truth to those stereotypes
0: well, I was yeah. informed I, I've been informed that there is a, a flower that's named a tequila flower, so would you say, yeah
4: we, we I like, be, uh, we, when the Bible says that he, he, we, uh, he's the rose of Sharon, so those are what we'll be growing
0: so uh, so would you say if you moved into a house <laughs> with a bunch of tequila flowers, you would rip them out or be like, "No, man, everyone knows it's not an alcoholic flower or
4: would well, you feel I, that
0: I, that weird about a flower named tequila?
4: I I give you an example of how of of how we were raised like growing up.
0: Oh, I have a feeling.
4: We we couldn't play Monopoly because it had dice in it. Uh
0: oh, okay. Because,
4: uh. because it had those were the uh, those were considered worldly amusements. Um, or you know, we like we were uh just just to let you know the thought process, like it were they were very methodical on uh separation. So tequila roses would have been probably out of the question. <laughs>
0: So no, uh, no TVs or anything like that. Definitely no movie theaters. Right? If, if
4: you, oh yeah, no. If you, had and see that—that's how if I grew you up, went like, to no. movies, you, you, uh, you man, no, you'd got in trouble.
0: And see, like I, yeah, I, I grew up like you know we didn't really do movie theaters. Like when I was a teenager, you know it was kind of relaxed a bit. But like you know growing up, like the the, the church, like we were, I guess the the more lenient family in that church. Uh, you know, so we always had a TV, but like Y'all very very few, huh?
4: Yeah. Y'all with the worldly family. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That was us. So like very, very few of the other people had uh, TVs in their houses. And then it was a big controversy when the pastor, when like everyone started getting personal computers and he's like, no, I'd never have a TV. He's like, but we got a computer. So they, they kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a Pharisee, phariseeical thing. How, you know, they're like, no, no, we're not doing this. Cause that's bad. But we found a way to do the exact same thing and call it good. So he, he had a, a computer, um, but they would watch TV on the computer. I'm like, okay, come on, that is that is semantics. Like that's why people have a problem with religion. Like you say you don't have a t- a TV, but you have a computer that does the exact same thing. Uh, anyway, so that was a little kerfuffle you, in the you church for to, a you while. You
4: have to be, be consistent with your application. And I, well, and let I, me get. I
0: agree. Well, let me let me get to Felix real quick because uh, Felix. The more and more I get the Babadostal thing, I think if we mean the same things by it, Babadostal Felix. So. Um, Man, I, it's like right down the middle. I was, I was raised up just like you. I was raised up like, you know, Pentecostal church. Um, my, my dad had a Baptist background. And um, anyway, so now like where I live, like, you know, I go to kind of like a non-denominational Pentecostal leanings church. And, you know, a lot of my friends who don't go to that one go to a Baptist church. And, you know, so it's like a, a split right down the middle, like used to where the sides were kind of like really opposed and had problems with each other. Now it's like, well, they're so similar, at least to me. So it's like, you know, I hold on to the good stuff from one and, you know, mix that with the good stuff of the other one. Anyway, so I I think I get your plight more and more, Felix.
5: Yeah, I was raised Pentecostal, but there's nobody Baptist in my family. Like, I'm the first one to go to a Baptist church out of my family. So, um, but, you know, a lot of the things I was told about the Baptist while I was in the Pentecostal churches that I used to go to, a lot of the criticism, I just don't see them. At least in the Baptist churches where I've where I've been going, I see pretty much godly people that are, you know, into holiness and into godly living. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't well, see all the like the things that I used to they used to say about them. I'm like, where is it?
0: Yeah, and it's like the, it's like kind of what Brandon was saying. Like you know how I guess in well I guess where you'll see it's in Mobile, <laughs> but he was saying like the Baptists there like go to the clubs and stuff like that and kind of have a worldly standard of living, so and that that was always the, the always the thing that say right, so like you know like, my parents they would always say, um, <clears throat> my uh, you know they'd always say like you know it's the once saved always saved, and uh, it's like you know they'll they'll just say once you get saved you can do whatever you want blah 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 but I'm like they don't say that and then I met Mark the ones yesterday. down here do. Well, yeah, so yours. Um, but then I met Mark yesterday, and, you know, the guy won't go to the beach. He won't go to want to go to a restaurant with the name of an alcohol in it. Like, you know, um, yeah. like he, he says Baptist. he doesn't – he says he don't want to even, you know, go to a, a place that serves alcohol if he can help it, um, things like that. So he's like he'll never go to a straight-up bar uh, because he doesn't even want to give the appearance of, like, being worldly. So, like, that basically sounds like Brandon with a Baptist tag on him. Um, that, so mm-hmm. – <laughs>
5: That's why I like the independent Baptist church, because they, they're they more
0: conservative in that regard. Yeah, yeah and it comes back that. to the whole, like, you know, once once saved, always saved. But if you're saved, you're going to live like you're saved. You're going to act like you're saved because you are saved. Not what everyone else says, or thinks, like the, the stereotype, like, oh, once you're saved, you know, go live like the devil. You want baby's blood? Go drink it. Um, <laughs> no one would say that, except the detractors. Uh, Chris, do you want to answer real fast about the music question? Under no circumstance ever would you let a non-believer grace the stage? Or in a very, very certain type of circumstance, maybe.
6: I mean, it's not really up to me. But yeah, if, I it, mean, yeah, if it was. Um,
4: <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Absolutely no.
6: I, what I would say is like what kind of
4: corner so have we backed
6: Right. Like what kind of corner has our church backed ourselves into where it, we can't do a worship service with, with missing a musician? Like, you know, like that, that would be my first question is like, how, how, how did we get here where we got to hire basically a studio musician to come in? You know, like, so what I say, no, I would say, <clears throat> I would say if you put yourself in that position, I know that our church had hired somebody, um, to do something specialty at some point that was not a believer, you know, and again, I think my church's worship to be charitable is less than good. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, my first question would be, how did we get here where we can't have a church service unless we hire a musician? Like that's, okay. that's the first question. And then the second question is, you know, does it matter? Like, is there some type of, you know, thing going on? I, worship comes from the people, not from the stage. And so I think that we have a skewed idea of what worship is. And also worship is not just the music. The entire service and the order of the service is worship. It is a spiritual act of worship. And so I think that, again, I think as American evangelicals, a lot of times we have a very weird and skewed version of worship that no one in church history would would recognize that definition
0: that's a good point uh, so that is the answer from Chris's uh, first apostate church of the South or whatever you're saying Brandon um, <laughs> but fair point Chris I agree about the worship thing Steph pick your poison would you like to talk about music from non-believers in church or Pentecostals versus Baptist Ugh,
2: music from non believers like non-believers on the worship team
0: yeah like like uh, like we're trying to get extreme circumstances because like most Christians are gonna be like, no of course not just shut the church down or sing acapella that oh, that's week, wild play, okay. play a church CD. So it's like under under some extreme type of circumstance.
2: Yeah, and I got to run in a minute because we're just about to drop my car off and then I have a meeting, but I'll be back at 1030. I don't know if you'll be here, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't care about non If someone is like, yeah, I know how to play guitar and I'll do it for you for 40 bucks on a Sunday morning or whatever, do it, just pay the guy, right? Do you know the Duggar family? They got all in yeah, that, uh, in
0: that yeah, trouble. Not okay. super well, but I, I know of them. Yeah, yeah. Wait, was that the guy with lots of wives, or was that someone else?
2: No, no, no. The Duggar family is the 18 kids and counting. Oh, okay, or whatever yeah. it was. 14 and Pregnant Again was their first series. Anyway, you know, then they had all that problem with the son and the sister and the nastiness. But anyway. Oh, bef- yeah. Yeah. So they, it didn't end well for them. But prior to that, they had gotten really famous for having all these kids and then being also super religious, right? So they have these multiple TV shows, and they're on, like, their third season and uh, they're just living their life. They're taking a trip. They're preaching the gospel. They're doing whatever they're doing. They've got all these children. Their kids are really well educated and really, well, mostly really well behaved. <laughs> and so, their people are fascinated by this, right? And the show is getting a ton of views. It's like a wildly popular show. And some people are like, "Yeah, that's great." And other people are like, "Whoa, that's weird." It's like a car accident. I can't look away from whatever. The point is. The staff that came in from TLC, the, you know, the network to um, film the show, and you can look at this up. Everyone who was on set became they all a ghost girl. Yes. That was all one of my points. the camera guys, the boom guys, they have photos of, like, them praying with the crew in a huddle, and, like, they had pictures of when each crew member got saved. So, I guess that's my point. Let the dude play guitar, you know? Let the atheist film the show.
0: You know, that, that was one of the points that, you know, I, I would say like, I would want to seem like really convicted. Like, uh, you know, some would say God spoke to them and said, let this guy play keyboard. He's getting saved today. Um, I I mean, I think that'd need to be a pretty strong conviction, but, uh, Veckel, we finally got you up here. Did we say enough heresy that you have to correct us?
7: (laughs) No, no, I was busy. Uh, I, I could only listen at the time that I was, uh, that you sent the invite. So, (laughs) but, uh. Yeah, you know, um, who who's just speaking the young lady was just speaking. Um uh, stuttering. Uh, that
2: yeah, was Steph. me, hey.
7: Okay. Yeah, yeah, good morning. Uh yeah, you raise a really interesting point because on one hand, I I say for uh the church structure, I I my first uh instinct would is would be not to allow someone like that in any type of uh uh position uh in the in the in the congregation because they may try to, you know, there may be an influence on uh, people's uh, doubt uh, in their faith or whatever, uh, if they're around a, a person like this. But at the same time, uh, as you ra- as you raised, uh, Steph, uh, yeah, I mean, there may be an opportunity for them to be witnessed upon if they're around other believers, too. I mean, as I'm often uh, reminded of First Corinthians 7, where it talks about the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing spouse, you know? um i would say you know why could why couldn't something like that be in the case of you know outside of marriage but you know with still within the congregation what if you have a non believer who is has a specific talent in something and he's he or she is the only one in that entire congregation that has the ability to do that one thing um should we still keep that person around um or should we just say you know hey you if you want to come listen to the sermon you can but you can't participate in any type of uh, church activity. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough one for me.
0: And then you know that's also another, another thing someone brought out that I just remembered. Uh, uh, I think it's Jamesy. <clears throat> but yeah, so is this just like a, a you know, a good moral atheist with a very high standard of living, or uh, you know that, that would mesh well with what Christians say is good morality? Or is this an atheist that's like, "Hey dude, I'm a little hungover. Is that cool? Like you know I had a threesome last night and you know that's fine, right? Let's, let's let you guys pray Jesus. I'm like, oh, okay. So at that point, it wouldn't be because they're just not a non-believer, but it's like you wouldn't let a Christian um, like that on stage because, you, you know, that's very, very right. far away from the standard of Christian living. So that would be another thing. So if it's oh, like an, I mean... a- an atheist, it's like I've been raised by wolves and I just know what humanity is, but I can also play <laughs> musician stuff. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've never had sex and I, I just don't believe in a God because I have no indication of a God. Um, is that cool? <laughs> Versus and it's, it's like yeah, I
2: hooked up a little bit. Was yeah. this dude just playing guitar? Like this isn't this is not let's let this person give their testimony and their opinion. This is like this guy yeah, this is just out, a just playing a musical guitar, person. Then he you know, he's providing a service for the church. Everyone's singing along. He sits in the back or in the parking lot or whatever at the end of the service he comes up again. That's that's the limit of this service provided. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I I don't care if he's hungover, personally.
0: Oh wow! Okay, and if he like brings, a, if he's like, oh, what yeah, did you shoot? He's like, oh, it's the mm-hmm. underwear from the lady at the strip club the night
2: before. Mm-hmm. You're cool with that stuff. I don't care what he did the night before. Like, look, Wait, what? this is a person who's providing a service uh, for the
4: church. First back. Uh, okay, listen.
2: Uh, she's not you... Baptist. She's Calvinist. No, no, this is the. house. Hey. <laughs> would a bookkeeper? Do you need the bookkeeper to have a confession of faith? Yes. Do you need the? roofer to have a confession of faith do you need the guy paving the parking lot like i guess it depends we're talking about someone who's playing guitar not not reading sermons not even the worship leader who's like let's all bow our heads and pray right this is the dude who's performing the same service as the roofer well we
7: we can do it we can but we can do we
0: well yeah we, we heard everything steph but you're starting to chop out a little probably because god's oh, saving you but no no we we heard it <laughs> it was just just starting a little bit But i think god's trying to help you out um yeah so so i mean just to be clear, uh, not not the theistic beliefs like you're saying, like, stop, like someone doesn't believe in a God. You would still use their services. But someone that like, was like in blatant, like contradiction, living to the Bible and like gross sin the night before, you would still be like, well, you're just doing a service or be like, no, you've like just like went on a rampage or everything. The Bible calls a sin. Like we wouldn't let the worship leader up if we knew that would be like, no, no but- bro, you need to stop that. Get off the Right, team but the for a worship
2: while. leader is usually preaching in some element, right? He's reading a verse, he's saying, Let's all bow our heads. Isn't God great? Like whatever comment Yeah, I'm not but the thing is if the guy playing guitar so this would not I would not want the worship leader to come in hungover. That would I would not like that. But we're talking about the dude playing guitar. Like are we interviewing everyone at the door to ask whether they were at a strip club last night? No. People who no, were at the strip have... club last night can come into the church, right? Like yeah, that's so... it's yeah. Yeah. So let me hang on.
0: Wait, wait, There's, I think, Brandel Veckel, Brandon, Brandel. <laughs> Brandon Veckel. And, and yeah, we're, we're going to get everyone. Yeah. So the, I, man, I did not see that coming. Yeah. So we take it on faith, right? So if someone's like, you know, doing gross sins. Like if the pastor is like watching porn, we take it on faith. He's not like, we don't grill him every day. Have you seen porn today? You have seen porn today. Let me see your browser history. We take it on, you know, faith that, you know, he is living a godly, upright Christian life as best as he can. Um, but if it comes out, well, then we know, and it's not like we can't unknow, so that's where church discipline comes in, and he's probably not going to be the pastor. Um, so same thing with the music crew. Um, worship leader seems to, seems to kind of hang you up. So the, the Christian guy who plays piano, that's all he does, plays piano just like you said. Um, he is absent that week, so the atheist guy comes in, plays piano, does everything. Um, so if we're not saying that just his non-belief in a god prevents him from playing the piano— um, the same scenario if the Christian worship leader comes in and was doing all kinds of sin the night before and no one knows it, well, no one's going to stop him. We just take it on faith that he's living a godly life. If he comes in, he's like, "Dude, I'm so wasted. I, I was at the strip club and I went home with like three girls." They're like, okay, dude, you're not playing piano. Like, you, you know, probably need to do some like repentance, self-reflection. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, you remember Jesus died for you, right? Why did He die for you? So you can live like Him and be reconciled to Him. That type thing. So same thing with a non-believer. Um, it's like, well, look, we're not going to grill you about your like lifestyle, but if you come in and let us know, we can't unknow that. So no, just like the Christian who did the same thing you did the night before, no, we we can't, we're not going to have that on there, which is a contrast from yeah, if you were at a strip club and hungover and drunk the night before, coming to the church with needles in your arm, well, well, take the needles out. But I mean, yeah, anyone is what should be welcome in church, but not everyone who's not living a biblical lifestyle should be in a place of like ministry in that church okay uh brandon i think
4: well was, yeah i, I was going to say and, and i guess it's just the old cliche whatever you put on platform you empower and i and i guess that's 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 I, I fail to see how anything that's not on a platform is not a leadership position i mean maybe they're just a the standard but i guess how our church and our organization thinks but i don't think any uh person who I guess doesn't align with what the church believes or teaches should have any place on the platform. I, I understand as far as, you know, uh, non-religious or faith-based work that has to be done, but even in our church even our secretaries have to be in alignment with what we believe. Uh, that's, you know, like if we ask if like a contract works, it's about to work on the roof, uh, we, we're not going to like, oh, let me see your statement of faith, but like to do work in the church, I mean, uh, I, especially when it pertains to something as sacred as worship, uh, I, I feel like if if you can't stop by the altar first, I, I don't think you should stop by the platform.
0: I agree with you on that. Like, I think the farthest I would go is if there was just some super rare exception, like if you're just like, yeah, man, I I, I feel convicted that if we let this guy fill in, he's going out with God. <laughs> um, like, I mean, if there is some super super rare scenario like that. That, that would be probably the only thing I would be sort of comfortable with. I may not even be comfortable with it, but that would be the only time I would say, sure, let's allow it. Uh, but yeah, I, I pretty much am in line with you, Brandon. And to Chris's point, the bigger question is, wh- how, what have we done as a church that we can't find people who believe like us to fill these positions? Uh, Brandon, would you would you say you would ever for any reason go as far as I think I may? Like if you just felt compelled, like this is what's going to get this guy saved, like let, let him come in. The Holy Spirit's going like, to get a hold of him. While he's playing those keys and he's getting saved. Or would you say no, that would never happen or I I don't know, like any any super rare scenario like that where you think you'd allow it?
4: Well, I, I would say um, I would say no because the we don't have a scriptural precedent for such a case. The only uh That's thing, like, the only scripture precedent we have is uh that it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. And if the preaching of the gospel can't save him, mm-hmm. then music can't
0: uh,
7: Veckel, what were you trying to get into? Yeah, uh, a lot of good points were made. Um, first, uh, I focus on the definition of repentance. Repentance is uh, basically the changing of the mind on a particular thing. Uh, it's not that you actually stop sinning, but rather that you have now a new perspective on the thing that you once did before you were saved. So you're not justifying the sin. You're not congratulating others when they do it. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you won't uh, – slip up every once in a while over and over again. Uh but you now, even when you do slip up, you have this mind set in your mind that, okay, I now know that what I'm doing is contrary to the will of God, is contrary to God Himself. Uh and uh this is a sin. And I can't congratulate anything or anyone that does these things that I used to do. Now with that said, can you have a person who is a non believer you know participate in, you know, worship and stuff. Well, uh, again, first of all, I would say we don't need you uh, being part of this uh, form of worship if, uh, if you don't know the God that we serve. Uh, we can find another guitar player or we can just deal without a guitar player until God sends us someone. Uh, but at the same time, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So it could be that that particular day God has sent that non-believer to us so that, you know, for a specific purpose, he works all things after the counsel of his will. But on a, as a regular basis, uh-uh, no, 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 no. We can't have a believer, uh, a non-believer coming in, especially after boasting in their sexual escapades the night before, uh, and then come in here and play creaster, you know, to go to church Sunday and Easter, <laughs> uh, Easter and Christmas, and just, just to play guitar. And then they, uh, go back to, you know, their, their iniquities and stuff like that, you know, again, nobody's perfect. No Christian is perfect, but at the same time, we are called to holiness uh, according to the scriptures. And, you know, me personally, you know, as much as the guy could be is as, as good as Jimi Hendrix on the guitar, but if he's coming in here talking about his sexual escapades or drunkenness the night before, you know, that's going to, you know, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump type of thing. So yeah. I would just say, yeah. I- well, yeah, well, let's like, have him well, step down. Yeah.
0: Well, that's like the Romans one, right? It's like, or, or not Romans one, but it's like you know the foolishness of, of God is is like what more wise than the wisdom of man or something like that. So it's like First when friend, people yeah. say, well, well, thank you, Chris. Uh, but yeah, it's like when people say, well, look, you know, an atheist that you know has all this theological training and understanding, why why can't they be a pastor? They'd be a better pastor than you know the the guy that just believes. Jesus read a dinosaur and he he just kind of read the Bible once and doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's like all over the place. It's like, no, God can use the foolishness of man, you know, to do great things. Like it's, uh, you know, all, all the verses that apply that I'm butchering right now, but like, you know, man's wisdom says, yeah, get the most <laughs> theologically quali- Yeah. Man's wisdom says, get the most theologically educated a student when God's wisdom is like, I can use this person who you guys all think is foolish. So when amazing things happen you know it's me doing this god amen not not from the power and wisdom of this man um i want to like get chris and d in here but steph i know you have to go soon i want to give you one more time to uh, have god strike you by lightning for the things you're saying um go <laughs> if you'd like to comment on <laughs> minecraft <thing>. on minecraft <laughs> we'll all get struck before <laughs> you
2: minecraft um- Okay, well uh we already dropped the car off and I was chatting with my husband about it. He agrees that uh that should not be done during corporate worship, but it would be appropriate maybe for a youth group. So that's his input. But we both uh I mean I am okay. It would depend on the person. Sorry, and it. she, it and she de- gotta call said, God is trying no, to I'm save here. you. No. It would depend on the person. I would not want anyone up on the stage who's endorsing, like, if they walk in and they're talking to somebody about, like, oh, yeah, I did this and that last night. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, time <laughs> to play guitar. That's not... No, you're not. We're not endorsing that. You're not on stage, right? I assume that we're talking about a guy who's living a, an atheist lifestyle, doing whatever he's doing, drinking with his friends, or whatever. I don't care. And he comes in quietly. He does his job. He sits in the back pew. He comes up at the end, and he, and he plays his guitar, and he goes home. Like, if the roofer is down in the parking lot telling people why they shouldn't believe in God, fire the roofer. Do <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm assuming that we're hiring somebody to do the job. He's doing the job and he's heading out. If he's converting people and handing out invitations to the local Satanist church, get rid of that guy. right? But if he's just being a normal human being and he's performing a service and heading home, I don't think I'd have a problem with that.
0: Uh, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I
6: think to put a pin in this whole thing, and well, maybe maybe D, D has some comments, I'm sure, but um, I think that there's a difference between doing something for the church and doing the work of the church, right? So like, if I'm doing something for the church, like I am, you know, well, for instance, for example, I'm heading to church right now to go do some IT work. Um, you can have anybody do stuff. You can have an IT guy that's a rabid atheist. If he does a really good job with the IT, then mazel tov, like, use that guy um, because he's doing work for the church. Whereas somebody who is participating in a worship service is doing something, is doing the work of the church. And so that would be, I think, the difference is are they doing the work of the church and we're asking an unbeliever to do the work of the church or are we asking an unbeliever to do work for the church?
0: That's a good point. You see that Chad
2: agrees with that.
0: And I guess that could go either way, right? Like when we're talking like music, you you, you think the music would be a function of the work of the church. But I guess if the church is like, hey, we don't need a musician. We need to hire you to do work. For the church, but then you could say it's boring the lines because in this case, work for the church would also be work of the church. So yeah, yeah, I, I think you have a good point. Even though I tried to confuse I you,
6: need, I need to talk to Chad more so that we can
0: conspire
8: against you, Steph.
0: Yeah, can nope, we trade him like for you cap. ever like one, one day a week?
2: <laughs> no, Chad, would you go on Clubhouse one day a week?
8: Only if you're silent in my presence.
2: Wow, really? This property. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Make women great again.
2: Nope. Don't like this.
3: Make, Make Chad, wives great, he's great again. Best
2: he's my new best <laughs> you, Chad, wow. you've made three
0: new friends, but you may be sleeping outside tonight.
7: That's right. <laughs> come to the come to the doghouse. We've all been there.
0: <laughs> uh, Dee, did you have anything to say about this?
7: Mine is highly decorated.
0: <laughs> it's got electricity and running water. Maybe D can't speak. Maybe Chris did put a pin in it.
7: Terrible Wi Fi,
0: <laughs> though oh a little hard to hear d
9: i said i don't have anything to add i'm just listening in
0: all right all right so pinned what now what ongoing it work has to be done at your church do they keep breaking stuff or do they keep upgrading or
6: no like right now we're in the middle of um you know, so we just had a big staff shakeup. So I'm moving computers around, and you know, part of my part of my job for them is like, you know, people don't want to set their own computers up, so I set all of their email up and all of their Slack and Zoom and all that jazz with all their credentials and their office credentials, and you know, so I make all the accounts. And then there's a we have a couple of servers at the church that I have to babysit because they're getting a little bit older. And so they're in a budget freeze right now, so they're not replacing full servers, and you know some of the network equipment is is getting a little bit
0: up there. It's like five years old, so it's going to have to be replaced soon. So I'm kind of babysitting some of that network equipment, things like that. Chris, I'll give you a chance to practice your kind, gentle Christian approach. Bob keeps asking, and we keep answering. Um, he asks why we we don't usually let him on stage. So I channeling do. your your inner Jesus. Uh, or your inner Chris, uh, Steph. I, um, would you guys yeah. both take a shot at that? Because I've tried, sure. and... Yeah, go ahead.
9: I, I love I
2: when have... Bob's on stage, for one. Oh, um, my goodness.
0: All right, well, go ahead, Chris.
6: Well, <laughs> I, Okay, well, I guess I thought Steph was going to go.
0: I was just kind of... She did. She says he. Lo- she loves it, which yeah, is I, not I, I was looking I for. I don't
6: have a problem talking to Bob. The problem that we end up having with Bob is that it's the same thing over and over, and we never get anywhere. And so he'll be all like, calvinists are crazy and unsaved or something like that and then it'll be like okay bob so tell us some stuff about that and then it'll be like the same answer and then it'll be like and then you'll be like the trinity is you know is a false doctrine you know and it's like okay cool like let's talk about that bob and it's the same thing
0: like, i know mean, it's I like a,
6: to... <laughs> if i have a discussion well, like the... about the trinity with brandon <laughs> it's going to be different each time because we're talking about different aspects so like if brandon wants to come up here and he wants to talk trinity for 30 minutes like, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Even though we disagree, it's going to be an interesting conversation because Brandon's going to have a different take than the take that he has. And he's not going to repeat the same thing 45 times.
0: Right? I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. And as you say that, he's uh, in chat saying Calvinism is bad, almost as bad as Islam. Yeah, Maybe as go. bad as Islam. So, well, I apparently mean, I guess that, that, like, be,
6: that has become the uh, lion's share of the response of our Pelagian friends.
0: Um, oh.
6: Yeah. Yeah,
7: it just so. comes from uh, pure ignorance on the part of those who say stuff like that. They he don't... Would also.
0: he would also call all those people Calvinists too, though. <laughs> the, the ones that say Calvinism is bad, he would call them Calvinists. Uh, anyways, I, I dubbed him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the exact same argument. It, 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 well, it's like the exact same same few things over and over, but from different angles. So it's, it's exactly what Bob Baptized does. So, you know, I, I hereby dub the Baptized.
10: Ooh,
6: that's better than the
0: Unibobber, Bob. I don't know. That's pretty good. Wow. The yeah, so Bob, I mean, whenever we have, whenever we have time baptized. to kill and stuff like that, and we're we want some fun conversation, you know, we're happy to invite you usually at the end of the day. But when we're trying to talk about theological things and things that you know we want we want to tell people about Jesus and stuff that, like that, then you know it, it's just kind of distracts from that goal. And and we do plenty of distracting uh-huh. our own selves.
9: Speaking of distractions, I don't really want to get real gossipy, but I was in a room where they was giving Nick a hard time about, I guess, something that Chris did, and then I got kicked out because I said, why?
0: (laughs) You said why and got kicked out?
9: Yeah, in the chat. I didn't even say it on the stage. I said, what did Chris do? I mean, I said, what did Nick <sighs> do? And then I was, like, removed from the room.
6: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the ultimate sinner. Sinner's gonna sin. Yeah. Now, they're still relitigate. Remember what we talked about, like, three weeks ago, D? That whole th- They're still beating that dead horse.
9: Yeah, I guess they missed the part about... I don't... I. I don't – I didn't even get a chance to be in the room long enough to even see what the angle was. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I just said, what did Nick do? And I guess Nick was supposed to apologize on behalf of you, Chris. I don't know. But they was giving Nick a hard time. And I was going to ask Nick, but he's not in here. <laughs> yeah. he's oh,
0: telling us, straight.
6: Yeah, I guess so. So I guess this week, was, uh, Brian Dempsey, Brian Dempsey rolled up in there for like four hours, and uh, he got shouted down. Um, so, and Brian Dempsey, there's a really funny sound clip of Brian Dempsey like losing his temper with Jerry. It's pretty funny. Oh, is he, is
9: he he no longer Nate. a true Christian? <laughs> they were mad at Nate too,
0: as well. Oh, what I do? Tell me what yeah. I did, and then let's move on. You're friends with me, bro okay That's,
9: it was you guilty by association
0: yeah but i feel
9: I so know, again, i, I feel to this, turn this, in his
6: uh feckle needs to turn in his black man card as well feckle just in case I you i feel to
0: so at yeah, peace yeah. in my soul about being condemned with that that i'm okay
9: oh chris it's not called a black man's card it's just a black card <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
7: yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's just just black card. The black card. <laughs> I, I know because I I've lost it many times.
0: <laughs> well, what, why are some of the reasons you've lost it?
7: Uh, the same reason every time.
0: <laughs> oh, well, what's that?
7: <laughs> yeah, just not being on par with the uh, the the you know, the stereotypical faking, you know, the monolithic faking. Ah. That's all. If, you know it could be at any topic yeah you know, whether it's religion uh politics whatever if uh you know if i don't if I'm not on par or agree with the uh the so-called majority uh yeah I've lost my my black card yeah recently it's that. because uh you know my conservative views and stuff so yeah. uh, you know
9: I can say that I don't ever lose my card like I keep it real tight. Like, we're secured. And I have conservative views. So, you know, I don't know. I, because maybe it's, maybe Beckle, you got to tell him. Well, he's on the phone. But, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But
0: I don't oh, know. You're chopping out again, D.
9: Always in the
0: Brian Dempsey, Man of the Hour. How are you doing?
11: (laughs) I'm not sure why you said that, but good.
0: (laughs) Your name was mentioned.
11: Oh, yeah? Why was that?
0: Oh, they were just saying how uh, you you were um, in in one of the, I guess, recent conversations. You were um, defending Chris, or at least not saying he was evil, and you caught some flack for that.
11: Defending Chris.
0: I don't know when that happened.
9: No, I said Nick. Not. I don't know who Brian is. I said Nick. No, Chris
0: just said Brian was in there for a little bit. <clears throat> the th- Chris? <laughs> are, are you quiet now? You. You. I don't know what you're talking about. You said something about like Brian went in a room and like.
6: Oh, he just was explaining things for like four hours to to folks. Yeah, and, that. Uh, it's kind of epic. Yeah, I mean, he can tell the story. I wasn't even there.
0: Oh. I mean, I was just using it as a lead-in to say hi to him, but, you know, whatever you want.
11: Well, good to see you.
0: (laughs) Oh, Brian, I I did uh, mention to Chris that he should tell you, and then I realized you were on my Facebook. I I hardly check it. But have you – I figured you'd appreciate it. I I was at a neighbor's house the other day, and they had a 27-year-old red breast red breast irish whiskey have you heard of that
11: wow no but that sounds amazing
0: he got it for a retirement party he had a 12 year and a 27 the 12 year nothing special it was okay the 27 year maybe the best thing i've ever ever had it it was epic
11: <laughs> you know i went to a i went to a whiskey tasting uh at our chamber not this year but the year before and they had a Japanese whiskey and it was the most unbelievably smooth and, and expensive. It was probably $225 bottle. Um, but it, but it was unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, when, when you find something like that, that's a, that's a neat thing.
0: I think he said it was uh, like, well, we looked it up. It was like $600 online. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, you know, he would only, he would only gave me like, a, you know, like just a, a little poor, But since, since you're here, we were previously talking to Brandon about like extreme holiness living. And I had lunch with someone yesterday who's Baptist and, well, Pastor Mark. And he was talking about, you know, how, how, you know, they, they like to abstain from the appearance of evil so much that he was saying one of the people in his churches or something like that, um, wouldn't even go to a restaurant that had a name Uh, like there's a place that was like tequila something was the name of a restaurant and they they changed their meeting once they found out that it was at a place that had a a name of alcohol in their name so how do we go from something extreme like that I mean I I think I'm probably going to agree with you but just biblically speaking you know giving your testimony and stuff like that from from won't even go to a restaurant or apparently own a tequila flower because there's a flower named tequila Um, to, you know, being a connoisseur of IPAs and whiskeys and bourbons. Yeah,
11: I think, I think, I think somebody like what you mentioned, um, is an incredibly feeble-minded, weak Christian who doesn't understand, um, not, not just biblical liberty, but what biblical holiness even is, um, the, those kinds of things. When, when they talk about abstaining from an appearance of evil, what, what's funny is the world doesn't believe that that's evil. Uh, the, the only people who do are fundamentalist Christians. So the only people they're abstaining for is for themselves, um, not not the rest of the Christian world for two thousand years. And um, you know the the world's not offended if uh, if somebody has a glass of wine. So. Oh. Uh, that's Dude, an I never interesting. thought of it like that. That's an <laughs> interesting point.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you have astonished and amazed Chris and I, and I in the same comment. But so, Brian. Also, that being said, like I can imagine the criticism they would give, um, saying like, "Oh, well, you just want an excuse to drink and get drunk and party." But obviously, speak to that because even though you say like, you know, you can you can enjoy whiskeys and bourbons and all this other stuff, as do I. Um, you would also say you do this, like you know, in a in a nice, comfortable, astute setting, and it's not like you're at a bar getting sloppy drunk and you know having to find a ride home because you can't drive. Um, so you want to talk about that? How, yeah, you you can do this. You have liberty in Christ, but you're also not their stereotype of someone like slobbering drunk. I mean, unless yeah. you are, I don't know. You can confess here.
11: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I think I think there's a couple of issues. Number one is what does the scripture say? Um, because the scripture doesn't condemn the moderate use of alcohol ever. Not a single time does it condemn the moderate use of alcohol. Um, and a helpful book uh, by Kenneth Gentry is called God Gave Wine. And God gave this to be a blessing uh, to his people. When God cursed his people, one of the very first things that he did was he took away their wine. And when God blessed them, he gave them back their their wine which he says makes the heart of man merry. Um, this isn't uh, this isn't grape sludge, and that this isn't some you know uh, ridiculously uh, watered down, diluted to the point where it's it's just purple water that that they were drinking. And so, first is the biblical issue. I would say, secondly, that my when when we talk about liberty, uh, a lot of people. Uh, confuse the issue and think, oh, my conscience or my conduct has to be bound by what somebody else thinks is wrong, and that's not what the Scripture says. The issue of of causing a brother to stumble is one. I, I have a very dear friend for thirty years whose entire family, everybody in his family, have been alcoholics. He he will not touch alcohol. And when I invite him over to the house, uh, I'm not going to not only drink alcohol, but I'm not going to say, oh, Gary, it's perfectly fine. You know, you can do this. I am not going to lead him into what for him would be sin. But simply because somebody thinks that drinking alcohol is wrong does not mean that my conscience or my conduct is bound by what they think is wrong. That's not what the Bible says. And so um, I, think, I think a couple of those issues, that one, the Scripture never condemns it. In fact, on the contrary, it says that God gave it in moderation as a blessing to his people, and he condemns the abuse of it in the same way he does so many other things, food, sex, etc., and that we're, we're not bound by simply uh, something that someone thinks is wrong.
6: There's a really good Ligonier resource on this called The Tyranny of the Weaker Brother, and uh, R.C. Sproul does a really good, like, 20 minutes on this, and uh, it's exactly what Brian is saying. It's brilliant. The Tyranny of the Weaker... Yeah. Yeah, The
0: Tyranny Uh, of the Weaker Brother. Does that mean the Tyranny would be like the Tyranny that they are ruled by by being weak, or the Tyranny... Like, I could almost do that another way. I don't think it's what you mean by that, but the tyranny like exercised on you. Like if someone else is is weak or stumbling, they're kind of exercising tyranny over you to also not do something for their benefit. Correct, that's exactly what that is. Yes, it's exactly Uh, that second one. uh, Yeah, Edwin.
10: Yeah, no, I agree with uh, what Brian was saying. And uh, I'm okay with drinking alcohol moderation now, but when I was younger, Christian, I remember thinking that it would be, let's say inappropriate for me to go into a bar uh, this one when I was a very young Christian because I felt the appearance of evil would be like, okay, I'm going to go get, is he getting drunk? You know, someone sees me, you know, and so, but now I know that it's, that's not, yes, I could get drunk, but that's, I don't think that's what that passage is referring to. So, Brian, could you give an example of, like the appearance of evil? So, are you, are you saying, is it mean that we are to abstain from anything the world thinks is evil or are the Christians or both? I, I struggle with that passage. So what do you think, Brian? Thanks you. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Bill. I agree with you, a lot of what you're saying.
11: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when when we're talking about abstaining from the um, appearance of evil, I mean, I think the application is is
1: uh,
11: multiplied. I mean, there there are many many issues of of an appearance of evil. So if um, oh goodness, I I for example though though I have the liberty to drink. Um, I'm not going to walk into a bar that has uh strippers. Right. And I can say, Oh, I'm, I'm not going in there to look at that. Right. Um, but You're going rather, to us, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but, and so, so I'm just going to go to the bar kind of, kind of thing. So I, I think there, I think there is an application, um, but the the appearance of uh, the appearance of evil maybe may, be, may it, it could be anything from uh, looking if, if I'm supposed to be impartial in something and yet I've got a vested interest I don't want to have the appearance of evil I mean there's there's so many different applications to that again the the issue that is often applied by um, by fundamentalist minded Christians is um, going to the movies a bad, uh, is bad, so if I just walk into a movie theater, uh, that's, that's the appearance of evil. Or uh, if if my wife doesn't wear a denim skirt and kids and long hair and, and refrain from refined sugar, that's the appearance of evil. Um, well, nobody, no, the, the, the Lord doesn't see it that way, the world doesn't see it that way, it's not hurting our testimony, and very often this idea of the appearance of evil is very much about, um, the way we colloquially talk about it is our testimony for Christ. My testimony for Christ is not remotely uh, impinged by having a glass of beer with somebody. That's that's, mm-hmm. that's not hurting my testimony for Christ. I got
10: you. No, Brian, Here here's an example. I think someone would say, maybe give the appearance of evil. Let's say you have a, a married man who's a pastor. And let's say he goes out to dinner with a, a guy in the church, no big deal. But if he, if he went out to dinner with a, a single woman, let's yeah. say it's not his wife, would you say that could give the appearance of evil? People are like, oh, this pastor's hanging out. What,
11: what are they doing today? Would you say that maybe could give sure. the appearance yeah, of evil? Okay. yeah, Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that when, when, I guess it was Mike Pence or somebody says, look, I don't get in an elevator alone with a woman or whatever, or uh, I'm, I'm not going to have a meeting alone. Uh, I'm not going to have a closed door type of meeting. Th- those type of things are just wisdom, um, and to give an opportunity for uh, yeah that that wrong appearance, sure. But again, the only people if if I'm sitting down uh, at dinner and I have a glass of wine, the only people that have a problem with me having a glass of wine are fundamentalist Christians. Period. I mean, Christ didn't. The church for two thousand years hasn't, and uh, the the world at large doesn't. The only people are fundamentalist Christians.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think about, um, Carlson asking chat? Uh, what's the thought about different drugs, marijuana, vaping, et cetera, If legal, does that uh, conversation overlap in this? What do you think, Brian?
11: Yeah, I think I think. I think the issue of, of biblical wisdom, like, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a set. um, If, if somebody, for example, if, if smoking marijuana were legal in Georgia, it's not, but if, if it were legal in Georgia, um, I would sit back and go, it is just incredibly unwise. Um, The, and, and there are lots of different reasons, you know, I mean, you, you see the, what I believe would be the degradation in areas where it has been legalized, the addictive nature of it, blah, 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 that, you know, to me, it's different than enjoying a glass of wine at dinner or having a glass of bourbon occasionally. Like, you know, we, we have our men's discipleship group uh, every other Tuesday, and there's six or seven of us, and Almost everybody will bring a different bourbon, and people will have just a single glass of bourbon. Everybody tries different things, and we sit and enjoy, and we study the Scripture, we talk, we share, we pour into each other's lives, and we do it over a glass of bourbon, um, and, and God is glorified in it. Um, I, I don't think it would be the same type of thing if we all just sat there and, and shared a doobie. Um, smoking dope while we tried to do that. So it's it's just a different thing.
0: Chris, would you be a part of that discipleship bourbon Bible study for me? I I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, if, I mean, I guess Brian, if you invited me, I'd go. But for for me, I kind of I don't know why, other than just in my head, I'm thinking I'd keep it separate. Um, like I I mean, I don't know if someone wants to do some wine for communion, that'd probably be fine. But um,
11: well, like let, I don't know, in let, my head, I
0: just think, well, I have like a men's bourbon group with some neighbors that I occasionally go to. Um, but you know we don't talk about i mean it's specifically a bourbon group so you know some are christians some aren't it's not it's not like a a focus on religion it's a focus on you know just hanging out as guys and and having some glasses of bourbon and you know trying new things um but brian one time i i did go to a church we were visiting we went one time and it creeped me out a little bit um and i I wonder if you draw a line here uh because what what you said about the the discipleship thing and i imagine it's not in a church but one time we, we were visiting and we tried this church the one and only time and they had a thing up on the the screen about announcements that said you know bring your own beer or it said byob bible study and i thought oh interesting clever plan words ha, ha ha i wonder what the b is turns out it was beer so they're like at the end of the church they're like and don't forget guys next week we're having our bible study so everyone just bring your favorite beverage it could be beer or wine and they were gonna like have this bible study with alcohol in the church would that be a bridge too far for you? Would you say, now keep it out of the church, or that's fine too?
11: Yeah, I, I would say, as far as it being fine, I don't, I don't think it's sin. Um, I used to go to a church that did something very similar to that. Um, we, we would have uh, every week, there were, you know, we, we had a meal after church every single week. Everybody would just kind of bring enough for their family and a little bit extra uh, in case there were guests and stuff and um people would bring alcohol there may be craft beer there may be wine etc um i i i think there's more wisdom in n- not doing that and like with our discipleship group you know this this isn't just some open thing it's not just anybody's just wandering in right off off the street Uh, who just doesn't understand those things, maybe have never been taught. And there's wisdom not flaunting your liberty in somebody's face versus simply living life and and recognizing our liberty in Christ. I mean, this is the kind of thing that, quite honestly, in in biblical times, wasn't—I just don't believe this was even an issue. Like, this would have never crossed somebody's mind. Um, uh, even even through the majority of the history of the church, the fact that Christians would drink alcohol socially was not even a a, a consideration. That that oh no, may, maybe they shouldn't do that because of some testi- supposed you know testimony issue. It just wasn't so, an issue.
0: So like the closest thing to it being an issue would be if people like legitimately get drunk like that. That would probably be an issue. And it it's makes true. me think of, like, the, was it Corinth? Uh, how Paul's like, guys, eat and drink before you come to church because they're, like, ransacking the communion stuff, like all the bread and wine. He's like, guys, this is not a meal. This is <laughs> this is well, not to get well, drunk. In, in, it's not to feed yourself. It's communion.
11: Well, <laughs> in in that case, it was actually a love feast. It was a meal. There There was an entire meal. And then as part of the meal, they would celebrate the supper. And so—
0: well, what was the part I'm thinking of where it, it was like, he says, look, if you're hungry, eat before you come, because they were, yeah, they were yeah. basically eating all the food up.
11: Well, the, the issue was that some would come and, and have food and enjoy a meal, and then others who did not were kind of excluded. Ah. And so, yeah, but 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 the point is, you know, like uh, Luther, you Luther used to brag that his wife made the best beer in Bavaria right you know i mean she she was a beer maker that's that's what they did and um so for me be, being able to go to somebody's home with close friends and enjoy a glass of bourbon and talk about spiritual things and life and pour into each other's life and talk about the scripture absolutely perfectly fine um i don't think that it's sin i don't think the b uh byob uh for a church i don't think it's sinful but i think that it can be unwise it can unnecessarily cause issues with people who they 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 they, they don't understand these things it can come across as kind of flaunting that you know uh, almost like a snub type of thing with you know to the world and you know, but it's not sinful. It may just not be helpful. You know, like not all all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient.
0: Well, welcome, Michael. If you go to Brian's church, you can uh, you can drink.
8: <laughs> what? <Well>, I... <coughs> morning. Uh, Good morning. Gonna... Yeah, I, I don't really drink much anyway. But if I was going to, I'd just cut out the middleman and skip church, and that just kind of makes the most sense to me. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to what Brian was talking about with the whole, you know, like how he thinks it would be different, you know, if he, you know, if someone had marijuana as opposed to alcohol. And I think I agree fundamentally Um, while marijuana is, well, it's hard because marijuana can be classified as either a hallucinogen, a stimulant or a depressant because it can have vastly different effects on different people. It's most commonly seen as a depressant, um, and so is alcohol. So I guess that just turns into a little bit of a, you know, subjective argument. But, um, yeah, my brain's still all over the place, man. It, uh, it, it looks like I'm not going to be able to do exactly what it was I wanted to do. Um, but uh, I may have a slight workaround. So,
0: I mean, this is where we can say, uh, we'll pray for you, but you'll be okay with that because, you know, I sincerely want you to have a good quality of work life. So, uh,
8: yes. Well, no, yeah. And it's, it's funny, right? Cause I, you know, I've, I've, uh, it, you know, it all depends in the, in the nature in which it's offered. Right. You know, because, you know, it's like. That uh, old saying, you know, when, when you can tell when some people say something, oh, you know, like oh, bless your heart, you really know what they're saying, right? Um, but when people are sincere, then I understand when people say, well, you know, I'll pray for you because I understand what it is that means to you. That's yes,
7: very true. Very true.
8: Right? You know, because n- not everybody has the same. Um, everybody has the same thought right behind that. You know, because i I've, I've had people say to me you know, with unbelievable sarcasm, oh, I'll pray for you, right? And my response yeah. to those people have been, you know, okay, you pray for me, I'll think for you. Yeah, right, I, well, I, I can... Uh, than when you... It
0: is. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Michael.
7: I was going to say, I can relate to that because uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, I, as a uh, as a person with, of the reform view, have been, uh, you know, have those words said to me by an Arminian or some sort of uh, synergist, you know, I'm. A, I'm gonna pray for you, man. I'm gonna pray that you repent. You know, and and I know that when they say that, they don't sincerely, actually care because because of the previous part of the conversation. But you know, they 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 do it because they want to put themselves on a on a pedestal or or take the high or think that they're taking the, the moral high ground when they're having a discussion with me. And uh, but I don't see that. You know, but prior to them doing that, say that they're gonna pray for me, they're doing all this name calling and all this personal attacking. So, yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what uh, Mike, Michael was talking about. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think that just requires people to have a good head on their shoulder, right? Like, if someone tells me, bless my heart, or I'll pray for you, um, I mean, yeah, based on the, how the conversation's going, based on the reflection, uh, Michael, you got to mute. A lot of feedback, Mike. Michael, Michael. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, a reasonable person could pretty much, like, with high accuracy determine if it's the Christian way of saying I hate you, or if they legitimately mean it. Um oh, um oh, what was i thinking of um it's like you know i mean the only thing worse than that is when you like get a quote christian riled up so much that um the atheist is like oh yeah why don't you just pray for me to go to hell like you believe in god so much you believe your prayers you just pray for me to go to hell and then the christian does it and they're like i pray for you to go to hell and burn forever blah blah and then they end up on youtube and everyone's like look at this christian and it's a it's a lot of fun um so yeah let's let's
8: <laughs> let's, not go that,
0: right. let's not go that route and it, it's sad that i can immediately think of at least three examples over the years where that has been a thing like, like the atheist and christian talk they have a disagreement surprise and the christian publicly prays for them to go to hell like wow man i don't even know yeah that, that's know. that's
7: ridiculous yeah oh no but that's imprecatory prayer nate don't you know <laughs> It's uh, Chris, okay. You know, the, the King David did it in the Psalms. Why can I do it?
0: <laughs> uh, Chris, did you um, see that article I sent you earlier? Wait,
6: no. You sent me, I yep. just saw the Clubhouse link. What did you send No, me it was before that. It
0: was It was the difference. Um, I was talking to my conservative rabbi friend uh, or Orthodox. No, no, not conservative. Orthodox rabbi friend last night. It was Gav. Beckle member Gav.
6: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I
0: did read that article. Okay. I just didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just bugs me, right? Because whenever someone talks about like – it seems like there's a thing with Christians. Whenever they find like a Jewish person that seems like the least bit observant, um, they just take like their interpretation as gospel of like anything to do with like Jewish stuff. And I'm like, guys, it's not a monolith, right? Like there's other people. So it's like – you know, like Abba, for example. When he comes in, it seems like a lot of Christians just like really buy into what, he's, what he is, says – and, and they're just like, well, because he's a Jew, I guess that's how Jews understand it. And I'm just like clawing at my skin because I'm like, dude, like, like conservative Jew is like most closely aligned with like progressive, like nar Christian. Um, Orthodox Jew is more closely aligned with like very conservative uh, Christian, right? Like we, we believe the Bible is very much literal, not like an allegory or satire or, you know, take it as you want. So it's like, I, I don't know, there's like different compartments and alignments. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, you know, my, my Orthodox Jewish rabbi friend, like, you know, Gabrielle, we've known for years. Like, I, I put a lot of faith in what he says. And while, you know, even different Orthodox people have different approaches, um, you know, what he says, it makes sense. It, it just clicks. And even though we disagree on, you know, Jesus, um, as far as interpreting scriptures from a Jewish perspective, I put a lot of stock in what he says because I know that at least that's like how he reads the Bible um, as things are literal, you know, unless they're clearly not. And and, uh, anyway, so I, I I appreciate that versus whenever I hear like a conservative Jewish person speak, I I hear the Jewish equivalent of like, you know, just a very free spirit, like, like liberal theology and Christianity and like you know gay is the way gay is fine it doesn't matter do what you feel like maybe it's true maybe it's not i don't know maybe noah's ark's just a bedtime story and it's like ah i I just hear so much of that and anyways it it vexes me
8: refresh my memory what is nar again i can never remember
0: oh it's who wants to do a very very charitable explanation of it and then a very very uncharitable one so he can get the full gambit
6: so, NAR is just New Apostolic Reformation. Uh, it was birthed about 15 years ago in Lakeland, Florida, um, with a bunch of people that were um, declaring themselves the New Apostles. That's why I called the New Apostolic Reformation. So, you, New Apostles the like like
8: like present-day apostles, like people?
6: Correct. On the uh, same level as Peter and Paul.
8: Oh, okay, okay why is that bad? Because uh, biblically it's
0: not a thing
4: <laughs> uh, I, to, to the text of present day apostles
5: if anyone um, says that they are writing uh any more uh, adding to the scriptures, then that would be a false apostle. If anyone
4: says they Christ, they would be a false apostle. If they are say that they are one of the twelve, then they would be a false apostle. See, we have a term that is from the Latin, and we call them
8: missionaries today. It's the same word for apostle, sent one. Would this almost be like equivalent to and that? Is that is the difference? That is the. Yeah, I'm just wondering if it would almost be like equivalent say, to say. how Mormons look at Joseph Smith. Is that kind of equivalent to it?
12: Oh, um, no, no, no. Joseph Smith.
8: <laughs> Joseph Smith is a cult leader. Founder no, of no, cult. no. Yeah, no yeah. How oh, Mormons no. would... Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. But to Mormons, yes, he's, I, not, I wanna, he's not a cult leader. I
0: want to say, even though that's hard to wrap our head around, I, I think that's a, a fairly close comparison. Like it, in the New Apostolic Refo- Revo, uh, Reformation... The church attendants ad- ad- would view their leaders as the the apostle, pretty close to as Mormons would view Joseph Smith. So apostle versus prophet, uh, I- I'm going to say it's close enough. Oh, fun fact! I just learned this about Mormons. I think maybe I'm wrong, but what was said was it's not that Mormons have a problem with caffeine, because that's the common thing. It's that they have a problem with hot and cold drinks. And they act, happen to have caffeine. Anyone else heard that?
8: No. No. Yeah. No, I've not heard that. And that's, like, a, that's I, new to me. Yeah. So that's the thing. Just, to, that's the
0: thing to. Hey, good morning,
3: everybody. How you doing, they, Chris? And all of you.
0: So, so that's the thing to look into. Is caffeine really forbidden, or like is commonly understood, or is it that extremely hot and cold drinks are forbidden? They just happen to have caffeine in it.
8: Yeah. No. So I can I can say kind of that's not true. Right off the bat, when uh, when I studied with Mormons years ago, uh, the they, they were they were over one night, and I and I said, you know, blah, you know we want drink or something like that, and my wife was saying, hey, anybody want coffee? And and they said, oh, no, we can't have coffee. And then I had said, hey, what about decaf? And two of them were like, yeah, if you have decaf. So so right. two of them had decaf coffee. Maybe that they were fair. Bad, maybe, maybe they were bad Mormons. I don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know that. I mean that, that. I mean that. That seems fair. I mean that's definitely the common understand. You know, I actually have an uh, LDS guy that I, I see sometimes in my community. We never have anything to talk about because, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, "Hey, uh, how's hell looking, buddy?" And he will be like, "Oh, you too." So you know, we don't have a lot of conversations about religion. But that may be something I'll ask him. Like, he, apparently, he's in Nepal right now, hiking to the base camp of Everest. But uh, yeah, next time I see him, I'll be like, "Quick, man." Is it a caffeine thing, or even if it is a caffeine thing, is there also something extra about a hot and cold drink thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that uh, Miguel. Do they like their drinks lukewarm? Like, if, if you if you specifically want tepid drinks, um, you know that's not making that, that's not doing yourself any favors. Like Jesus has some stuff about tepid tepid things. Uh, Chris, what do you think about the the Jewish thing? We we I don't think I got a response on that. Like, do you agree, disagree, or what do you, uh, what do you think about
6: that? No, I broadly agree with the, the author. Yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. I mean, it was a very long article. It took me, like, I guess 10 minutes to read the whole thing.
0: Well, I mean, not even the article, but, uh, like, the, just the general sentiment. Like, you know, like, um, conservative Jew equals, like, very progression, liberal Christian, orthodox Jewish standpoint, typically, typically aligns with what we are or espouse to be, like, literal, conservative, very foundational type Christians.
6: Yeah, I mean, Rabbi Uri would say the same thing if he were here. I don't know if he is here or not. I haven't looked, but yeah, I don't think that's a big
0: surprise. I mean, I don't know if it's just, I don't know. That's what just kind of gets my hackles up when, or I don't know, hackles is the right word, my feelers up when he starts like expositing scripture from his uh, like very, very kind of like liberal approach. I'm like, ah. Uh... You know, I according-
6: different than a progressive christian when they look at scripture they're, they're.
0: which we also cringe at
7: <laughs> I, I missed the thing what, what were you talking about the jewish stuff or something what was it
0: oh how, how like if there's a jewish person of any kind like the christians in the room will like defer to them talking about how they view things in the bible um but oh here's mirror let's let's ask mirror um uh, how they view things in the bible about like old testament and jewish understanding and stuff and they'll just kind of take that as, as how it is when it's not how it is because, there, you know, there's different understandings within Judaism. So it's like, you know, our friend Gav would say something very, very like, yeah, yeah, this passage is very literal. This is the understanding it's been versus someone else who may be like a conservative Jewish person who's like, no, man, it's not literal. It's just an allegory. It's fine. It's, it's just a metaphor. It's satire. It don't matter. It's fine. And it's like, wait. And then you, you would have, for example, a bunch of like atheists listening who are like, Look, Christians, you just said this is literal. Now you have a Jewish person whose religion this is saying it's all metaphor and satire. So how dumb are you? And, and that's kind of like the understanding they get without considering, no, if there was like Orthodox Jewish people here right now, they would be arguing against that position. And they are also Jewish. Um, so, so anyways, that was just kind of – what's up, Mir? Where do you stand? Uh, put yourself in a box for us real quick. Uh, real quick well, box, I am, don't know.
12: <laughs> I am Orthodox. I'm not so, Hasidic, okay. but not against it. I'm just not. I'm just not from that community. So um, it, when people that don't know the Jewish community and see me and talk to me, they might like, describe me as Hasidic, but it's just a mistake. So, I hope so would helps. you
0: say – so, I mean, would you agree kind of with, with what I'm –
12: yeah I Same. think
0: so the main i mean there's a lot of different types of
12: orthodoxy and we all it, it's not like Christian sex like I would walk into a modern orthodox synagogue a, a hasidic synagogue like that doesn't really matter um I mean I'm most comfortable with my own but that's more cultural than anything else so yeah the, 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 it, but but the theme amongst all of orthodox is that the Torah was given at Sinai exactly the way we have it. I mean, what exact words were written because we know the prophets were written later, but the Torah was given at Sinai and they, and exactly the way we have it. And we were taught how to understand it. And that's what we call the oral law. And any other explanation is modern. And conservatives will say that we get to you know kind of figure it out on our own and we get to read it. So they will read a verse and say, this is not literal or this is literal. And we would look at the original sources and say, not original sources, rabbinic sources of first through 21st century and say, this is the way it's always been read and this is the way it should be read.
0: Sounds good. So anyone got anything else? Sean, it's been good uh, to see you. Have you been traveling the wild highways? Is that why it's been a little bit since we've seen you? If you can get to that mute button. Perhaps not. Well, Michael, you're a mate to the party. Are Do you, you talking any... to me? No, I was talking to Sean. Oh. But I guess you. You, Michael, anyone have anything else to say? Before I go spray, spray my weeds with Roundup I mean, and probably contaminate everything.
6: I'm not going to tell, tell Jews their tradition. So how about that? How about I avoid doing that?
0: Uh, sure, I, I feel like I also avoided doing that.
6: Yeah, you did. Yeah, everything's good.
0: All right, so, uh, Mir, congratulations. The council has pronounced you free to be free. You can be who you are. Thank
12: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, conservative Judaism are definitely a lot more liberal and they take more of an academic approach. So, you're definitely going to butt heads in a lot of areas. Someone like you.
6: Yeah, and we're going to find a lot of, like, we're going to find a lot of, uh, you know, kismet with uh, with Orthodox Jews more than conservative or Reformed Jews. In terms yep, of, like, sure. how we look at the Old Testament and Mosaic authorship, I assume yeah. you take Mosaic authorship, right?
12: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, well, the first five books of Moses is Mosaic authorship. Yeah, uh, the
6: yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah,
12: Yeah. yeah. Um, I I assume that...
6: Yeah, so, like, um, you know, Isaiah actually wrote Isaiah, you know, there wasn't, like, yeah. a later editor. I mean, Barak was definitely the scribe, um, and there are sections to Isaiah, and he wrote it during different periods of his life, but you can account for the differences in prose based, in the Hebrew prose, based on, you know, an author changing over time. So we see a more sophisticated prose at the end of Isaiah than we do at the beginning of Isaiah, and that
12: can be that can be uh, accounted for with the passage of time and, and learning. Right, within Isaiah's lifetime. And, and we also believe that the Torah was sealed at the end of Deuteronomy, and the prophets are just expounding and explaining. There are no new laws that we, that we will study from, from the rest of the books. So all, all rules, sure. all the mitzvot are from the first five books.
6: And that's why it's the
12: Nevi'im and the Torah
4: right,
6: no,
12: writings. Yeah. Two of them are writings. So the term conservative movement is a confusing term. It's 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 a reaction to the reform movement, which openly said, um, commandments and tradition are no longer important. We we're gonna work on just like being a good person in general and worldly things and they they completely like reject the entire idea of like outside Jewish lifestyle. And this is not me attacking them. They'll say that. They'll say it's like not important what meat you eat, it's important of you know, many other things. The conservative movement conserved that, but they still didn't do it in the way that I would deem appropriate as orthodoxy. So they're called the conservative movement because they're conserving a like framework of, of commandments, but they're doing it in a way that orthodoxy disagrees with. So people here conservative, they're like, oh, conservative Jew, but it's really quite
0: liberal. So. I know, right? Because, and that's like, you know, the, the, what, like. Like political parties too like you'll find like a liberal party that's actually pretty conservative compared to like the other party so it's like you, you really got to like spend a minute to know what you're talking about because you know our, our our ears where i am are attuned you hear conservative and liberal you immediately think republican democrat <laughs> so then that kind of carries over if you hear conservative in religion or conservative in another country you automatically think that and that's right. not the case
12: not here conservative jews by and large vote Democrat. they usually very liberal orthodox jews like 85 percent, vote republican typically much more conservative so it's a it's a confusing term but again they were conserving what the reform threw away not in the way that orthodoxy does so the terms got confusing but i hope that helps you next time you hear conservative jews like different meaning capital C oh yeah right? different meaning
0: <laughs> yeah, totally uh random what's up random yeah, I just realized I had a question. So I, so there are groups of Christians um, that believe that the earth is six to 7,000 years old. And I, I guess I'm curious if there are groups of um,
8: of Jewish folk that also believe that the earth is only six to 7,000 years old.
0: Well, Mir, how old do you think the earth well,
8: is?
12: Well, I'm sure you'll follow. The only part of belief that you must accept is that there was ex nihilo so god created the earth from nothing and it was created and guided by god's hand exactly how that was done when that was done that's not like a firm belief i'm sure you'll find people that'll say that um i judaism does not argue with science ever like um we just passed yom kippur that's like the biggest day of the year that you must fast if you have any illness you ask the doctor like you don't like figure it out on your own you're not allowed to you don't like ask a rabbi you go to a doctor like judaism never argued with science in that way exactly how to like square the two because there definitely is like a confusing um, conflict it's answered in multiple ways the two main ones are the six days of creation don't have to be 24-hour periods and they want to bring a proof to that by saying the first three days of creation there was no earth to spin on its axis so it doesn't mean it wasn't 24 hours but there's not it doesn't have to be 24 hours and then basically just a bunch of things played out from the first day of creation until adam was created and after that history plays pretty nicely six thousand years close to it so that's one typical answer given the other answer given is it's impossible for god to create a brand new earth just if god gave adam apple seeds he would have starved to death Getting you know chicken eggs obviously that has to be the first tree that was chopped down had to have rings and fruit on it. And the first animal had to look like it was whatever years old. And the night sky had to have stars, which would make it at least 100 years of the little light. Here. So you can keep dialing it back and basically saying the Earth was created a couple of billions years old, but it was created 6,000 years ago. And there's, it's, it's it's unfalsifiable fact, fact because every scientific evidence will look at it it's like 16 billion years old, but it was created by God 6,000 years ago. So that's those are the two main answers given. Nobody denies the science, and and nobody that's orthodox will deny that God created the world. So you have to try to synthesize the two.
0: That's another really good point, Mirror. Like, yeah, Adam would have died if he gave him apple seeds. Um, Between you you and Brian, man, this has been an enlightening day. But now that day must come to an end, because I have to go kill my weeds. (laughs) Um, Does that mean I'm destroying the creation of God, or helping beautify it? I don't know. Uh, My conscience is clear, though. Um, Anyways, yeah, everyone, thanks for being here. Good Good discussion. I, I appreciate today, man. We talked. Thanks, fine. Nate. Yeah. We actually talked about topics we usually don't, so we didn't have to talk about the Trinity. We didn't have to talk about the divinity of Jesus. We talked about what did we talk about? Let's see. We talked about oh, well, I love Jesus because uh, a little hit on politics, atheist worship leaders, um, Christians, and alcohol, and uh, yeah. So that was that was good. Oh, Michael, the last thing I'll say, uh, I'm going to say it and then run away. Um, I, I did look into and I, I addressed it, but you weren't here. Um, about what you said a week or so ago about, uh, you know, what would it take to lose support in Trump? Do I think because of his fraud cases and all this other stuff? What do I think? Well, I finally did look into that a little bit. And it seems like if this is a precedent, which I have no reason to think otherwise, um, the judge that looks like a complete crazy person um, is is trying to say that Trump lied about the valuation of his other businesses, but specifically Mar-a-Lago. The judge said it's worth $18 million, and Trump uh, said it was like $150, or 130000000 which is the same. And they said that's fraud. That's the same, like the tax bill alone for like the last two years says it's $130,000. So by the own government assessment, that's not a lie. It's not fraud. What would be fraud is the, the judge trying to say it's 18 million. Um, and also like realtors have came out of the woodwork saying that there's offers to buy the thing for like between 300 and million, million. And there is even like one offer for a billion dollars. So to say that it, it is false valuation that is apparently, I, haven't, I mean, I haven't seen the documents. I haven't driven there and like looked at them. But I mean, it, it seems fairly demonstrable that he did no wrong. And if that's the case in Mar-a-Lago, there's no reason not to give him the benefit of the doubt on all the other stuff he's done in the last 30 years. Um, and not to mention the last thing, there's two acres directly next to Mar-a-Lago that are vacant. And apparently they just sold for it was like 30 or $50 million. And that's for two acres that are blank. Um, compared to mar-a-lago which is like what 20 acres um, and, and there's a massive resort on it so i would say uh, yet again you know when we wait and more stuff comes out um you know maybe someday they'll find something he's like dude we just found 30 skeletons in trump's golden uh golden uh, you know hidden secret room at trump tower in new york there, there's 30 skeletons he's been a serial killer for 30 years i be like holy crap so you know maybe someday something like that will happen but as of now Um, It seems like everything they try to do, it takes like two or three days to debunk it and be like, wow, you guys are caught in another scam. Uh, You want to do a quick response and then I I have to run. But yes, so that's that's what I came to after I did look into that a little bit. Perhaps Michael can't talk, but anyways, um, if no one else knows what we're talking about. (laughs) um, Well, I don't have time to explain it. Anyways, thanks for being here, everyone, and we'll catch you all. Next time, have an awesome day.
1: Take care.